and welcome to Primary Care Spotlight, the podcast that brings you all the latest news and insights from Cornwall Primary Care Training Hub. Cornwall Primary Care Training Hub is delivered in partnership with Kerner Health CIC, working on workforce development programmes across the Cornwall health and care system, and we are here to support all those working in primary care. and welcome to Primary Care Spotlight. In this episode, we are talking about mouth care with a particular focus on dementia. So for this episode, I talked to Ingrid Bowden, a dental therapist and who also works for NHS England for Mouth Care Matters, which is a project set up to embed mouth care in hospitals and the wider community. So this episode will be of particular interest for those people working in social care, particularly with people with dementia or carers of people with dementia, uh, but also for those in general practice looking after people people in their clinics uh, who have dementia and other conditions where understanding how mouth care can impact someone's overall health um, and other health issues is important and what advice to give people and carers about mouth care. Um, and actually, really, just anyone with teeth, as I actually learned a lot uh, talking to Ingrid during this episode. So there is some useful links in the description of some of the things Ingrid discusses and also Ingrid's email address. And as always, do contact us if you have any questions. Enjoy. Hi there. Welcome to the podcast. If you could just introduce yourself, your sort of name, job role, that would be great. My name is Ingrid Bowden and I'm a dental therapist, which for those who don't know is a little bit more than a hygienist and not quite a dentist. I can do some of the stuff a dentist does, but not everything. Um, But I also work for uh, NHS England in a role for Mouth Care Matters, which was a project that was set up to um, basically try and embed um, mouth care firstly in hospitals but um, into the wider community as well. Perfect okay and I did not know that role existed so that's, <laughs> that's good to know um, and we'll probably hear a bit more about mouth care um, matters. So what is mouth care and why is it so important? Uh, so most people when they think about mouth care just think about toothbrushing and just uh, sort of uh, white smiles and fresh breath but it actually encompasses so much more than that. There's obviously denture care as well but there's preventing dental disease so things like tooth decay and gum disease. Uh, mouth cancers there's also providing comfort for somebody I don't know if you've ever had um, something wrong in your mouth you probably recognize how much discomfort it gives you there's hydration and nutrition links so obviously if there's something going on wrong in your mouth it's going to make you either less likely to want to eat or drink or more likely to make less healthy food choices then there's a really big part of of mouth care is actually preventing problems with general health so this is something that i think gets left behind quite a bit it's actually if you've got a lot of bacteria in your mouth it's actually really easy for that bacteria to enter your bloodstream and end up around the rest of your body and can cause problems with things like heart disease diabetes lung conditions strokes and dementias as well um so there is so much more to mouth care than than just having nice 
white teeth like I said it's actually yeah it's such a good point isn't it because like you do just think about that like your teeth and them being white and being there and things but yeah like you said there's so many things that it's linked to and there's a quality of life element isn't there that I sometimes Absolutely. work with patients who have diabetes who've lost a lot of teeth and only have a few teeth and you think oh it's got to really impact your quality of life and like enjoyment of eating and all that sort of thing really yeah and I think actually you don't realize how much your mouth has an impact on how you feel about yourself as well I, I know that every time I talk to somebody and say that I, I work in dentistry everybody covers their mouth to talk to me <laughs> it's just you know it's part of social integration as well you know you if you've got something going on in your mouth you might be really embarrassed to talk to somebody as well so there's that, that side of yeah. it as well yeah, definitely. So um, how can dementia impact mouth care then? Oh, so there's lots of ways that dementia can impact mouth care, but one of the probably most obvious things is that a person with dementia may forget that they need to clean their teeth um, or take their dentures out at night or clean their dentures. They may forget or not understand why it's so important. They may have issues with actually remembering the process of of their mouth care. Um, So there's lots of things that can impact mouth care with somebody with uh, cognitive issues. So it may cause uh, sensory issues as well that can make oral care unpleasant. So there's lots of things that can actually impact mouth care with somebody with dementia. Yeah, I suppose you do take for granted that, you know, if people are sort of, you know, losing memory and, you know, their activities of daily living, like things like brushing teeth are things that might get forgotten and missed. We obviously think often focus on showering seems to be a big concern. Um, but probably mouth care should be the bigger one because like you say there's all these sorts of negative impacts of having sort of all that bacteria in your mouth and things which you know probably isn't as bad if it's your skin I suppose. Absolutely. Yeah well what role does uh, diet play in tooth decay then? Every time we eat we feed the plaque bacteria on our teeth and each foods contain different levels of sugar there's some that contain very little sugar uh, things like proteins or vegetables they contain very small amounts of sugar um, and there's foods that contain really large amounts of carbohydrates and sugar and um, these are sort of more your processed foods and things and and pure sugars and this sugar that feeds the plaque bacteria on your teeth, it as a waste product, they create acid. Uh, the acid sits on your tooth and starts to dissolve away your tooth structure. Now, your saliva is pretty clever and your saliva can actually neutralise a lot of the acid and repair a lot of the damage that's made to your teeth. It, it's just that the saliva takes quite a long time to repair that damage. So the issue comes when you're eating sugar sugar a bit too frequently. So it's less about amounts of sugar and more about frequency of sugar. So um, I always tell the story about growing up, my mum always used to say to us, here's a bag of sweets, um, make them last because you're not going to get any more for the week. So I used to hold the sweets in my mouth, make them, you know, last for a, a good hour or so then um, go back the hour later, get, grab another sweet, laugh at my brother because he's eaten all his sweets. And actually, my brother was doing much better because he'd got his sugar attack done and dusted and out of the way and his saliva was able to, to start that buffering process and was able to then neutralise that acid and repair the teeth, whereas I was dragging my sweets out. So I kind of, they were eating exactly the same foods. Um, yeah. We were eating it very different ways. My brother has no fillings and I have 
a few. Yeah. Oh, that's quite good to this. If your green pig just eats all your chocolate in one go at Easter, yeah. then you're, you're better off. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and, it is, and in the same logic, is it, so you're going to have your sweet treat, better to have it all in one go. You're then better to have it at a time where you're going to brush your teeth afterwards or just let the saliva. That's quite tricky, actually, yeah, because if you... The theory is if you brush straight after you've eaten something mm. sugary, you're then brushing that acid into the teeth and potentially causing more damage. So the ideal time would be to have your sugary hits or even acidic things, so things like diet drinks and, and things that contain a lot of acid. If you have all your sugar and acid hits um, at meal times, um, it's much, much better for your teeth than having it throughout the day. Um, and try and leave about half an hour after eating before you do then brush your teeth just so that your saliva has got that chance to start the neutralization process so i'm just gonna ask you questions about brushing your teeth now but um <laughs> do you because uh, is it you know obviously you brush morning and night but then there is not like so is there a benefit to actually brushing after every meal as long as it's 30 minutes after or is there not really because of the acid and we generally advise brushing twice a day. That should be yeah. enough. Once before bed, bedtime is the, the most important time to brush your teeth because you don't create a lot of that saliva when you're sleeping. So you haven't got that that safety buffer when you're sleeping. Um, yeah. So the bedtime one is the, the most important one. And then at one other point during the day. So actually it doesn't matter whether it's in the morning or sort of later on in the afternoon. It's just about getting those two fluoride hits a day. And that should be enough. And can I ask, just relating back a little bit to dementia, I suppose, you know, sometimes when people are elderly and they're a bit more dehydrated or sometimes they're on medications that can affect the saliva. Absolutely. Is that they contribute to the problem? Yeah, that's going to put them more at risk of tooth decay. And you can actually get some um, prescription-only toothpaste which have got a much higher level of fluoride for those people in those sorts of circumstances. It can only be prescribed by... um, a dentist or a doctor but those might be suitable for for those people who maybe are having to eat constantly um due to malnutrition so may or maybe on those um thickened compound drinks you know those um nutritional supplements yeah. or somebody who has got zero stereo got a dry mouth from things like medications mm-hmm. And the people who have the fake saliva, does the fake saliva, obviously it lubricates the mouth, is it doing anything for the teeth and gums or anything, or is it not really the, the same as real saliva in that? It's doing a little, but we found that, to be honest, um, it it's only working for the few seconds that it's been in the mouth for, so it hasn't got that long-lasting effect that saliva has. Okay, dokie. Do some people have so many questions about this? Do some people produce more saliva than others? Yeah, um, absolutely. Yeah. Right. yeah. <laughs> some people are more slobbery and their teeth will be better. <laughs> That's actually true, yeah. Okay. That's interesting. Fascinating. I'm, I'm learning all sorts. So why do gums sometimes bleed then? Uh, so that again is to do with bacteria so when when we're toothbrushing most people assume that we're toothbrushing to get away food debris actually that's not the case you're you're actually brushing to remove the bacterial biofilm that builds up around the teeth this starts to reform about 20 minutes after you finish brushing it's a really sticky transparent community of of bacteria and this bacterial biofilm if it sits at the the margin between the gum and the tooth, it can really irritate the gums. So all the blood vessels from your body sort of rush to the area and your gums start to fill up and gorge with, with blood. And then as soon as you touch that 
that gum, the gum will start to bleed. So a lot of people make the mistake of thinking that once they've touched their gum and, and made it bleed, they, they think, oh, I've been a bit too heavy handed with the toothbrush, with my flossing, I, I've caused that bleed. What's actually happening, we need to remove that bacteria away from the gum line to stop that inflammation response. Once we've got the bacteria away from the gum line and kept it away for a few days consecutively, the blood vessels will realise, oh, actually, I'm not needed around here anymore, and they'll disappear off again. So I always say to somebody, if they see bleeding themselves or, or if they're brushing somebody else's teeth and they see blood, just a little bit of reassurance, you know, keep brushing. The more you brush, the less bleeding you should get. Because what happens if, if that bleeding doesn't then stop? Over time, your body can't cope with that long-term chronic inflammation and you could end up with um, gum disease, which is basically where the body starts to then overreact to plaque and it starts to eat away at the gum and the bone that support the teeth. And teeth can then become quite wobbly and quite mobile. Um, Interestingly, lots of people don't realise they have gum disease because they've not quite hit the gum line when they're brushing. They're brushing their teeth really well, but not really touching the gum. So they never get that warning sign of, of the bleeding, uh, especially if somebody's a smoker as well, because again, that affects the way blood vessels work and, and it might mask the disease. So they might not see that early warning sign of, of gum disease. So is the, the ideal then really that when you brush, you, you wouldn't see blood there that's the idea yeah okay and it's not just that you're being a bit rough <laughs> no it's nine times that healthy gum work bleed yes absolutely okay it's good to know <laughs> okay so do you have any tips for encouraging mouth care uh, to someone who is reluctant so this will work on my toddler <laughs> sure. um so some of the time it's uh, to do with fear so it could be that the person doesn't know what's going on in their mouth. They haven't had, um, especially with cognitive issues, they may not have understood that cue of what's going to come and what's going to happen. Um, so it may be a case of dabbing a little bit of toothpaste on somebody's lip or brushing the back of their hand with a, with a toothbrush so they can feel the sensation of the toothbrush bristles or even uh, practising the brushing yourself to to show them what's happening um ideally um you would get the person to try and care for themselves and it may be that you just need to to prompt them to do it for themselves so, so it might be that you're trying to take over an activity that they're they're used to doing and might be quite capable of doing you might be able to start them off toothbrushing and then take over if they're not doing a particularly good job or you could do something called hand over hand which is where they they have their toothbrush in their hand you put your hand over the top and you just guide them in the position that they need to be in you know you might just need some kind of distraction so maybe talking about something that is completely unrelated to uh teeth uh popping the radio on popping the uh some the tv on I haven't got a one size fits all yeah. um, scenario. It basically is trying to get to know the person and, and figuring out why it is that they're having the issue with the, with the teeth cleaning. Breaking it down into small little chunks so that, that it's maybe a little bit more understandable. Um, even it might just be the wrong time of day. They may be you know, really tired from getting dressed even that morning and you're trying to then add another 
uh, element on top of that and it just may be too much for them. They may want to receive the mouth care from somebody who's a bit more familiar with them, you know, uh, that that may be an issue. I've got one person who will only let me brush his teeth when he's stood up looking out of a window, whereas I've got another lady who will only let me brush her teeth when she's in the bathroom because that's where she's used to having her teeth brushed. So it, it's all about trying to build up a picture, trying to write down, you know, things that have helped in the past it, it may not help every single time but you know you've got those little things that might help it may just be the taste of the toothpaste it may be too strong you know as some of them are, are really quite minty and quite fiery and like we said earlier some people have sensory issues so it, it could be something as simple as changing the toothpaste over so there's lots of little tips yes and tricks out there but like I said I don't have a, a one-size-fits-all I'm afraid you could try even just giving somebody a toothbrush to hold in their hand while you're doing the toothbrushing because sometimes just that it's like a little element of control they've they've got the toothbrush in their hands and you're doing the toothbrushing that can sometimes help but it's really important that toothbrushing does carry on if you've got somebody who's consistently refusing to open to let you in to brush their their mouth it may be that there's something going on in their mouth that's really uncomfortable they might not be able to express the the pain sensations that they're having or the discomfort that they're having there may be something in the mouth that's preventing them from letting you in so it's really important that if somebody doesn't let you in to brush that you sort of flag it up to the next level they might need to go and see a dentist and just be checked over just to make sure there's nothing untoward going on in there yeah such a good point I think I think a lot of like what you say it's about perseverance isn't it and and you have this when you worked in the hospitals with with other sort of uh activities of daily living like washing and things like that where you know if somebody's refused it once and sometimes there can be a tendency to go oh they won't let you do that yeah and that's that but it's a bit like well try different techniques you know maybe they didn't today maybe they will tomorrow it can completely turn their mood and how they're feeling that day so I guess it's just that even if they've you know refused it one day or you could we didn't manage it one day you need to maybe keep you know keep on keeping on yeah absolutely and if you only manage to do a small little area uh one day sort of make a note of that area and and try and come in from a different side the next day just so that you know you hopefully will eventually get all around the mouth (laughs) so where can um i go for more support then if you wanted to know more about this and i'll get some more support um so there is um, a page called Mouthcare Matters, which does have some really good resources on there. Lots of videos about how to brush teeth and, and lots of tips and tricks. Um, there's DementiaUK.org also have some nice resources. Um, there's an oral health toolkit on the UK government website as well, which has an awful lot of resources on it's not the most easiest website to navigate, but it, it does have an awful lot of resources on there. And at the moment, NHS England, I've got funding until at least October, but hopefully longer. If you needed any training or anything like that in mouthcare, then you can contact me on my email address, which is ingrid.bowden at H-E-E, Health Education England, dot NHS dot UK.
Perfect. And we can put the links to everything you just mentioned and oh, your brilliant. email in the description of the podcast. And that can all go there as well. Do you have any sort of final thoughts you would want to end on? I think it's it's just that reiterating that actually mouth care is really important and that it does need to be carried out. It's, it's something that's quite easily missed yeah. um, through no fit fault of anybody it is something that can be quite easily looked over um, but it is really really important just for for general health for somebody's comfort for their dignity um, it's a really important thing to carry out perfect all right well thank you very much for speaking on the podcast thank you very much thanks bye That's all today from Primary Care Spotlight. Thank you for listening and I look forward to you joining me again soon. For more information, you can visit our website www.kernerhealthcic.org.uk forward slash Cornwall training hub. You can also follow us on Twitter at Cornwall underscore TH and on Facebook at Cornwall Training Hub. To speak to the Training Hub team about how we can help your practice or career, please contact us at kernerhealthcic.workforce at nhs.net. If you have content ideas or would be interested in being interviewed for the podcast, please do get in touch. Bye for now.